Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. On a Friday, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. We thought of a Wesson Walker game night. The only problem is <laughs> none of us have a gaming console. As Fiddy was saying, I don't want to be the show that talks about doing stuff without actually doing said stuff. And I said, okay, well, I don't know about my house because I don't have a video game console. Fiddy said my house is off limits because one, it's not mine, and two, I don't have a video game console. So then we both looked at Wes. Nope. Ain't got one either. <laughs> so, so we actually need to go to the guest line, seven, or to the text line, 704-570-9610. We're out here begging for a PS5. Or we could go to an adult arcade. And play one of those. No, they got a lot of games, man. They got Blitz. They got Showtime. Well, that they got a lot of Pac-Man. stuff. So that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, they got a lot of stuff that we could play. Well, that would be fun just to That's play. All we gotta do. The arcade version is what you're talking and about. And I don't know if there's one. One time me and my boy went. It's one like around the corner mm-hmm. um, that had actual, they had arcade games and it had little stations that had consoles. Okay. Oh, it was um, it was uh, a Bari? Yes. Abari was it. I think so, yeah. I got beat bad one time like by a rock, stranger on a baseball. parking lot, something like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. It yes. used to be a Noda. Yeah, and mm. I, think they tra- I think they went yeah. somewhere else. Well, I'm we, sure somebody else well, What we could do is get one of these people that own one of these yeah. to host us. Stanford, P- Stanford P says that he has a, a PS5. Maybe a Dave and Buster's night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Dave and Buster's would be a lot of fun. Somebody asked what But song. the Doe Arcades, the games are free. We'd have to pay for them at Dave and Buster's. Is that right, that they're free? Well, no, you got to put change like in stuff. No, the Adult Arcade, no, if you come in and you pay, um, well, I'm going to say Arcade Bar. Adult Arcade sounds a bit, you know. It sounds, it sounds, sounds like, like the back room at Family Video. It's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Um, but no, I'm saying you pay the flat fee to come in and all the games are free. You just I d- play. I don't think I knew that. I thought yeah. so. Maybe you get some like change or something like that that they give you some coins or whatever. No. no? Okay, man. I'm really trying to make ourselves pay. I don't know why I'm trying to do that. <laughs> we're spending way, my like, money. No, we're gonna pay. <laughs> we will pay. We're be upstanding citizens. Gary from Texas wrote in. What's that song? It's Them Changes by Thundercat. I love Thundercat. A couple people writing in. Yeah, Dave and Buster's. They all want to attend. Some people say you can go to uh, Fitty's mom's house. Does she have a gaming console? Fitty, is that something that we could go do? Would she welcome us as a show? Uh, that would be uh incorrect okay sir okay <laughs> oh, we go to the basement in concord that's what they call it the basement <laughs> what is that that's the arcade bar oh i've never even heard of that yeah it's up in concord okay so yeah somebody says uh yeah the, the commander malik said i got a brand new ps5 y'all can buy nine hundred dollars yeah <laughs> a thousand with games and two controllers no i'm not gonna spend so buddy no that's all right but i appreciate the offer though so yeah that's something we can do you can text in some ideas 704-570-9610 let's do a carolina panthers bi-week check-in all right because we have some stats that 
I wanted to see if they can get to these certain thresholds, right? A thousand yards, receiving, rushing. Brian Burns already reached double digit sacks for the first time in his career. So can he continue to expand upon that number? Let's start with DJ Moore. And Wes, honestly, I didn't think we'd have a shot at DJ Moore reaching a thousand yards. A 17-game regular season schedule helps now. Mm-hmm. At 16 games, I would say emphatically no. DJ does not have a shot to get to 1,000. But there's five games left. DJ Moore is currently sitting at 605 receiving yards. That's after going for 100 and Sam Darnold's first start. Usually I would say no. There's just not many games, and he has to get 100, really. I mean, not quite 100, but he's got to get close to reach that 1,000-yard marker. Sam Darnold possibly starting at quarterback the rest of the way. P.J. Walker allows D.J. Moore to eat, certainly more than Baker, and I don't expect Baker to start the rest of the way as long as these other QBs are healthy. What say you right now, giving a definitive answer, do you think that D.J. Moore reaches 1,000 receiving yards this year? I would say with the teams that they're going up against, especially like I look at the Detroit matchup, um, you know, New Orleans defense is decent. Uh, Seattle's defense is not that great at all. The suspense is killing me. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be decisive here. I say yes, he'll get to it in five games to get 400 yards. I'll say with Sam Darnold and the crew, and I think they might have some games where they have to throw it a lot. I'll say yeah. I agree, and I think that's actually really big when you start to evaluate what DJ Moore is as a receiver because we're all going to understand how poorly it went the first half and even – first two-thirds of the year for DJ Moore. But when we evaluate him and we go to the pro football reference page, that stuff matters because Mm -hmm. even going back to DJ Moore, and if he reaches the 1,000-yard threshold, it will continue a streak where it will be, I believe, the fourth season in a row where he'll have reached that threshold. And when we talk about where he ranks, we're going to go to that. that. That stuff matters in the measurement of where he is among the other wide receivers in the NFL against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Tariq Woolen has been a very young, a uh, very good young cornerback in the NFL. I think like top five in interceptions this season is Tariq Woolen. So if he's shadowing DJ Moore, that might be a tough matchup. But we just saw what DJ Moore did to Pat Sertan, who's also one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. Pittsburgh has been giving up a lot of passing yards this mm-hmm. year. You saw the Colts finally get to uh, get it together in the second half. Tight end was eating Jelani Woods had a career day against Pittsburgh their last time out. Carolina will be facing Pittsburgh after Seattle. You know Detroit, they'll give up a lot of points. Their defense has not been great. Yeah. Tampa, New Orleans at the very end. So notoriously been a little bit tough for some of these receivers to get some big numbers. But ultimately, I think he can do it. I actually think D.J. Moore does reach 1,000 yards. We'll go to the final member of the crew. Fitty, do you think that D.J. can reach that 1,000-yard mark before the season is over and done with? I do because it appears that him and Sam Darnold have a connection down the field that he didn't have with Baker Mayfield or P.J. Walker. There's just more of a natural chemistry there between those two and I feel like this offense is starting to open up a little bit more and he's getting more involved and if he's the receiver you believe he is to be he should be able to get to over a thousand yards I think he'll do that again and I think the quarterbacks now give him the opportunity to do so let's now go to the running back Deontay Foreman really impressive what he's been doing since Christian McCaffrey was traded to the San Francisco 49ers Deontay Foreman right now is sitting at 500 and 563 rushing yards. You have to account too that 
Deontay wasn't getting any playing time when Christian was still on the roster. Mm -hmm. And then Christian is traded about six games into the season. So if Deontay already reached over 500 rushing yards, he's been getting 100 quite a bit since he's taken over. I think he reaches 1,000 too. Now, at some point, it's okay. It's not the most explosive offense. We're not going to have all of these different skill players reaching all these different accolades, and Mm -hmm. I get that. But these are the only two players we're going to be talking about today, right? Terrace Marshall, not going to be reaching anything crazy substantial. 500 receiving yards maybe, but there's enough to go around in that regard. Chuba Hubbard not going to be uh, reaching 1,000 rushing yards, right? I do think Deontay can reach that mark, and I believe it would be for the first time in his career. I'll look it up, get a research team on it. What say you on Deontay Foreman? Yeah, I agree with you uh, for the same reasons that we just said. I think that the defenses that they're playing against aren't the greatest. He's got five games to do it instead of four. Uh, you know, 563, he's got four 100-yard games thus far. So I think if he stays healthy, that's going to be the important thing with Deontay is just him staying healthy. We know with that running style, he can get a little bruised and nicked up. But I say yes. He had 12 carries after the Rams game. So between the Browns and the Rams games, there were six that he was available for, and he had 12 carries. That was it. Since then, 15, 26 Seven against Cincinnati, only 23 yards there. 31-11 against Baltimore, only 24 yards there. So even if you talk about the 23- and 24-yard performance, you would think, okay, well, it's going to be hard to reach 1,000. But no, every other game, he's rushed for over 100, and actually even over 110. 118 a couple times, 130 against Atlanta the second go-around, and then 113 against Denver. That's the surprising one. The fact that he was able to eat against the Broncos' defense, that's the surprising one. Just focusing a little more on Deontay, I wonder, this is where the offense starts to struggle. If Deontay does not get going, Mm -hmm. then the offense struggles, right? Like, they rely so much on the run game. The run game relies so much on Deontay. Therefore, if Deontay doesn't eat, then Carolina is only going to score three like they did against Baltimore. Or... You know, 21 against Cincinnati, but that was all second half stuff where Baker is playing from behind and they're playing against second stringers. So even that number is is out of context completely. Do you think that they can continue to rely on Deontay Foreman enough for this offense to play a lot better than they did under Baker Mayfield the first go around? Because that's the big question. If if the running game can continue to work, the offensive line continues to create some gaps. I think that's what you have to watch out for. And that's what makes this offense successful. Yeah, no, um, I think with Foreman, you have to say at this point, he you could argue DJ Moore, but I feel like he's been their best player on offense since Coach Rue has been um, certainly most go. productive. So, yeah, he's been. Uh, fantastic for them. So no, nah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see this as a problem for him and and them relying on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been their guy and he makes everything go. Yeah, he does. It's <laughs> the fact that you lose your best player in McCaffrey offensively, and then you have a replacement like this. It kind of is evidence in the running back value corner that you can wait on some of these guys. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't want to disparage what Deontay Foreman has meant to this team. He's yeah. been extremely impressive. He runs really hard. And it's why we're starting to question whether he should get a contract to be back with this Carolina Panthers squad. Finally, we'll go to Brian Burns. Hits double-digit sacks. Good for him. I was tired of people using that as evidence that he wasn't a great pass rusher. There are other stats to back up what he's been able to do. But to your point... He's not the Nick Bosa. He's not Miles Garrett. There are certainly pass rushers that are better than what Brian Burns is right now. He did reach 10. Now, let's move the goalpost a little bit. 
Can he reach 15 this year, Wes? Can he average about a sack a game the rest of the way? I believe so. Um, just everything that he's doing right now is disruptive as he's playing. You look at some of the offensive lines. Now, he's going to play against some good ones. PFF has Tampa number nine. They have Detroit 10. Um, so, you know, Seattle is 13. So he's going to play some good offensive lines, but this is a chance, I think, for him to make himself even more money to say, you know, hey, I'm going up against some of the best offensive lines in football and I'm doing damage. I believe in him enough to say that I think that he will be able to do that because I feel like there could be a multi-sack game in there somewhere, a two, maybe three-sack game Mm -hmm. in there. Um, So, yeah, I'd say he gets to 15, maybe more. I love that Brian Burns was able to get to 10 and and have the potential to have a really big sack It's like getting over the hump after two years of nine sacks now to be able to break that break that ceiling, I think that's going to energize him as well. Well, and, and plus the thing about Brian Burns, some people use as criticism uh, criticism for him, like he's always been a big motor sack guy, right? I mean, he's not going to give up on any plays. Mm-hmm. Fitty is laughing. Do you have the Michael oh, Scott coverage sack? Sacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, coverage sacks, but also just the defensive line allow chasing the quarterback in the backfield, then Burns even if he didn't beat his guy first, mm-hmm. then he'll be there last while the quarterback is running. He just doesn't give up on a play, which yeah. is great, but that is a great way to pad your stats. Go ahead and get three extra quarterback tackles to help out. Now I'm trying to avoid ways to say sack because of Fitty laughing, <laughs> and, and you're making me say quarterback tackles. He? he is a I degenerate. Thought I was bad. Let's go to Fitty despite my best judgment. Deontay Foreman, does he reach 1,000, and can Brian Burns reach 15 sacks, Fitty? What do you think about does both those players? Does he get sacks? I don't think Foreman reaches a thousand yards. This run game away from Bank of America Stadium just hasn't been as consistent okay. as it's been at home. And 15 is a really high number for a guy who's never who's never recorded double digit sacks before this season. I think he gets to twelve or thirteen, but I think fifteen's asking way too much for Brian Burns. All he right. had one eighteen at Atlanta. I mean, I know Cincinnati and Baltimore weren't great, but he had one eighteen at Atlanta. So one or three, yeah. And plus, it is funny that. The rushing attack and the defense, those are the two aspects of football that are supposed to travel well. Mm-hmm. And Carolina's defense, they've been fine. Um, they didn't travel to Cincinnati very well, that's for sure. But no, against they Baltimore, they certainly did when they only allowed 13 points. We'll see if those guys can reach some of those marks that we've put forth for them. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We have plenty more to get to, breaking down the 2022 ACC championship game. What are both teams, uh, how are they doing mentally entering this one, especially with both of the programs coming off of some losses? We'll get to that in just a moment. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Just found out Flounder doesn't eat burgers, and that has Wes all kinds. I of mean, <laughs> that's the first person I've ever had him heard of in my life that doesn't like burgers. Yeah. Straight trash. Yeah, that was I my agree. Wes Bryant right there. I agree. <laughs> what What is that segment for Fitty? Trash or what? I don't even know what the award is, but it's just straight trash for Fitty. Trash or ass. (laughs) Cash or trash? Oh, cash or trash. No, I said trash or ass. I I heard you, but I think both are the same, though. (laughs) (laughs) Is it bad or is it real bad? 
That's what your game is. Cash or trash sounds like a good game that we could come up with I later. I like on. that. Yeah, Skrilla or trash. Maybe if you're Wes Bryant. No, cash or trash has a better ring. Well, it rhymes. Yeah. So alliteration <laughs> and rhyming. That's what's great for radio. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody else that doesn't like burgers either. Like I've never heard of that. Well, and we, of course, we did the thing where Flounder comes in. Fiddy and Flounder trying to figure out what they're going to have for lunch today. Did we ever figure it out, or is the mystery still unsolved? Yeah, no, we, I actually sent him to go uh, ask if the Hogfather wants some food to get some clarity, because I don't really know what I want. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm Colin just, is shaking his head for some reason. I don't know why, really, but he texted Fiddy. So, Fiddy, you can just, I, I don't know if you need to read that or not, but he was trying to communicate. The, the question I have for you, Wes You've been talking about this Wagyu beef burger the entire week. Will you please go get one after the show? <laughs> please go indulge yourself. Well, I've been talking about it since, you know, um, you know, like I said, I try to eat decent, so I try to keep track of the amount of meals that I have that aren't so great. But, you know, the last time they had it, it went away so quickly. And so I at said, Arby's is the, at Arby's. Okay. Yeah. So I said, no, I said, I need to go ahead and try I like Arby's, I said, man. I think today will be the day. I like Arby's. We got on a little kick this summer. Me and Bryce would go and uh, I was getting the roast beef. Curly fries are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And plus, oh, yeah. If you eat a lot, the sliders come in clutch big time. Yeah. Arby's has great food. Yeah, they do. The market fresh stuff. It, that's one of those places that I rarely eat at. Like I may and that's pushing to eat at Arby's once a year. Only once a year? Yeah, I make like I said, we got on a little summertime kick because I had the roast beef and I enjoyed it a uh -huh. lot. And I know it's one of the more decent things you can get if you go out to eat like fast food like that. And so, yeah, I went there a few times this summer, but that had been the most I had gone there in years. Um, somebody wrote in, woo-woo, James from Gastonia, he wrote in that the Wagyu burger is trash. I hope that's not true for you because you got to experience it I mean, yourself. it's impossible for it to be trash. Is it impossible? It's impossible. There can be some trash It's burgers. called Wagyu. I'd say like, it's, this thing could go way wrong. I'd say it's slim to none chances a burger is trash unless it's just not well made or different things like that. But as far as just taste, it's, I say slim to none. I didn't say it's impossible, but I'm saying it's slim to none. Do you kind of put it in that pizza category? Where even bad pizza can still be pretty good? No, no. You can have some bad pizza. More than a bad burger? Yes, I would say so, yeah. Because pizza, there's more toppings involved. There's more to it to make a great pizza than there is to make a great burger. If you, if you can season a patty halfway decent, you got a bun and some cheese and ketchup, you can make a decent burger. <laughs> you don't like it? Why are you so bad? Why are you so bad, Fiddy? Uh, because he said ketchup. Ketchup is for children. If you're putting anything on your burger... You gotta have some mustard because mustard is the, I like the mustard. is the greatest condiment of all time. It goes well it's on not. everything. It's not. Yeah, I completely disagree. Yeah, mustard is not the greatest condiment of all time. I rank ketchup above. That. Yeah, same because ketchup can go on your burger, despite what you're saying, and it also can be a dipping sauce for your fries. It's actually the OG dipping sauce right. for your French fries. And so mayonnaise, you can't do that. Mustard, you're not. You honey mustard may be a little bit different, but you're not really putting honey mustard on your burger like that. It yeah, might be no. good enough. Mustard is not the goat of all the condiments feel free to text in and share your thoughts <laughs> on the goat of all the condiments 704-570 it's up there now 9610 mustard not even because if i have to have me. only one topping on a hot dog if i can only get one i'm gonna put mustard on it um m dog said i was chastised today for saying i dunk my pizza and burgers into ranch ranch is very good i don't know if i, I don't dunk like it but i'll put you don't like ranch no I'm a blue cheese guy now. What? Oh, man. I mean, for the wings, okay, I guess. I go ranch for my and chicken wings, too. I don't dunk my pizza in anything. Blue cheese doesn't even sound like it tastes good, though. It I love blue cheese. 
Blue, ranch is better than that. Plus, you can put ranch well, on a lot of different stuff. Opinion, sir. <laughs> well, this whole thing is opinion. <laughs> Welcome to sports radio. But you said something definitive. You said it's way better. I, I, I this is how you do it, yeah. right? This is this is the art to sports radio. What I say on ranch, but there's is nuance the on answer. food. <laughs> what what's we're talking about burgers? You say like I feel like you can't have a trash burger, and like, but that's your opinion though. Like, yeah, I, I said talking. something. Okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't like ranch. Yeah, all right. Well, that's fine. Uh, people are saying, yeah, ketchup over mustard. This is what our show is turned into, by the way, on a Friday. Always. At Rolling least twice a show. Yeah, it's it's going to be. Somebody said yesterday that this is a food show. Yeah, that sometimes talk, sport, yeah. talk sports. Yeah, that that's kind of what we're doing right now. And I do want to try that black and chicken sandwich from Popeyes you because should. there hasn't been one in the game like that. Yeah. And I definitely want to try it out. You should go get that. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about ACC championship weekend. Yeah. Um, watching Sponsored by Subway. I, w- I was in Uptown. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Let's go to Subway. Yeah. Now, let- I was in Uptown last night. I actually landed free tickets somehow to Sebastian Maniscalco, or mm-hmm. Sebastian Maniscalco, stand-up okay. comedian. Got to see him at the Spectrum Center. A lot of fun. Um, but when I was going there, I guess the ACC championship game, I guess, I don't know if the teams are staying at the Marriott uptown, but I saw all of the ACC mascots rolling around uptown. Mm. People were wanting to get their yeah, pictures taken. Yeah, something that they do. Yeah. Every, yeah. So I, I thought about walking across the street and doing something, but I decided uh, sure. against it. Yeah, you know, I just saw them walking around. So everybody is getting excited for championship weekend. Here's Dabo Sweeney discussing it, saying, you know, well, he made everybody in the building, from the secretaries to really everybody in the building, watch the tape that happened against South Carolina. This had not happened very often because we don't lose a lot of games. But So our mental Monday meeting, so I made everybody in the building, from the secretaries to the administrative staff, everybody in the building had to watch the tape. We watched it all together. Hey, I Coach, ran, I remember we had one of those back in the I day. Love you. He had one. He had it one. Fun. Ran, it and I ran the tape from about 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock for two hours. Because when you lose a game like that, you get a lot of psh, 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 and everybody on the outside thinks they know and they ain't got a freaking clue. You know, so I think it's important that everybody knows what's real and that everybody understands with complete clarity what happened and why and what we got to do about it. It was a two-hour meeting of complete clarity. And so you just tell everybody the truth. If you are a player for Clemson and then you have everybody in the building Pack up in the film room to watch your loss to your arch rival. How are you feeling? I'd like that, to be frank. I What Fiddy was saying, he's not feeling like his Tar Heels are going to have a great game against Clemson. That puts a little bit more in my backpack to say that Clemson is going to handle business. That That's very interesting that he did that because it showed you, for one, how much I think that loss hurt as far as this. I've never heard of him doing that in all the years that he's been there. But to make everybody watch that, like, I like that. That's something I've never heard of. <laughs> that was my man. So That was Eric McLean there, right? I mean, is that who he was talking to? Because I know – because – I think he said we did that once when I was playing for Dabo, so I believe that was who was uh, talking to Dabo. That was he probably would have said they still can go to the national championship. That's your boy. You've been calling some people out on this here Weston Walker show <laughs> for some college football. Hey, I got take. a platform. You do, <laughs> and people are about to hear it right now. He'll, he'll be coming right at you. What did you make of this from Dabo Fitty? I know you're not a huge Dabo fan. Is this uh, does this change your opinion or does this only enhance it? No, I, I think it backs up why well, I believe Carolina is going to get beat tomorrow because I think he's got his team. Uh, uh, attention. Even though they don't have a berth in the college football playoff, 
I, I think they understand how deflating last weekend was. And the best way to, to feel like this season was a success well, is, is to win a conference championship. Because if, if they go into the offseason having their 40-game home win streak snapped, having their eight-game win streak against South Carolina snapped, and they don't win their conference championship, this season will be an abject failure. After what last year was considered an abject failure, they beat Carolina and they win a New Year's Six Bowl game. People will still believe that this Clemson program is among the nation's elite. I think they're going to come in motivated tomorrow. Carolina's got their handful. Will you call North Carolina season an abject failure if they lose this game to the Clemson Tigers? Because Clemson and their expectations are always get to the college football playoff. That just has to be the goal once you've reached the top and stayed there like they have in years past. North Carolina, certainly not in the same stratosphere as Clemson right now. Maybe it is right now, but that's not necessarily what it has been historically. If North Carolina has the season they start off with, with only one loss deep into the regular season, Lose to Georgia Tech, lose to NC State, lose to Clemson. Three straight losses, one to a rival, one in the ACC championship game. Would you call this season a failure, or would you still say that's too strong considering the success Drake may experience and mm-hmm. he's going to return next year? Not at all. I would not consider it a failure because, for one, I didn't expect North Carolina to win the Coastal. I didn't expect Drake May to have the type of season he had So I would just say that to me, this is kind of a glimpse into Carolina's future. I think it's I think it's positive in a lot of ways because with a young quarterback, I think he learned a lot down the stretch. Even if they do lose this game, I think he learned a lot. I think they're going to come into next year with a lot of hype. I think that they will easily be the favorites next year for the Coastal and then get back to this championship game. So in my mind, no, even if they lose this game tonight, I think a lot of this has been you know, Carolina playing with house money. I think expectations came a little bit after they started to get a win streak together. But I think as far as what they're going to do coming into next year and going forward with the quarterback like they have, I think that, uh, you know, I don't think they should look at this as a failure. I think they look at this as a springboard to them going to the next level in the ACC. Yeah, it would be hard after a three-game losing streak to end the season, to call it an outright success, though. And maybe that is just me being too hard on North Carolina because I have been one that have championed the type of success they had experienced so far this season. But if you lose unexpectedly to Georgia Tech and then NC State in overtime and then Clemson, I don't know if I could call it an outright success. I think what you described it as is almost perfect to say that it is a springboard for next year. To know that you're going to have some life because Drake May is going to return, you're not going to be in this limbo that you were this offseason with Sam Howell leaving. You're not going to have the quarterback question. And as long as you have that guy on your team, you're going to have a shot once again to win the Coastal and reach the ACC championship for what is probably a rematch with the Clemson Tigers seeing this matchup in back-to-back seasons. Do you think... North Carolina would be considered a failure if they lost these last three games, Fiddy. How would you feel as a Tar Heel fan? I, I think it really depends, and this is me cheating, on what happens in the bowl game. Because then if you lose the bowl game and it's four straight and you go nine and five, it's going to be really hard to feel as positive as you want to feel going into next year. But look at what this team did. They got to an ACC championship game for the first time in seven years. That was a goal that Mac Brown had. If they win double-digit games, I'll be the first time they did that since 2015, a goal that Mac Brown had. So if they, even if they lose this game with a win, their bowl game, no. They lose tomorrow night and they lose their bowl game, 
I think you still enter the offseason where we entered last last offseason. A program at a crossroads with Mac Brown as your head coach. The only difference is you have a known commodity in your quarterback. 704-570-9610. You can text in, share your thoughts on North Carolina and Clemson. The ACC championship game via the Garage Door Guru text line. So we heard from Dabo Sweeney. Let's now hear from Mac Brown. He said we need to get back to being more patient on offense. One of the things I think we, we haven't done as well is we haven't been as patient. People are really backing off and, and trying to make us throw short. And we had eight explosive plays, which is not what we normally have. And they just played way off of us. And we've got to make sure that we're being patient and taking what they give us. And to do that, you got to catch the ball and you got to make yards after catch. And, but, but patience would be the, the thing I would say that we haven't done as well in the last couple of weeks. Wes, how do you think North Carolina can move the ball against this Clemson defense? Well, I agree with Mac a lot. I said outside of Josh Downs, I think a lot of their receivers are one-trick ponies. They're guys that like to catch the deep ball, and that's how Carolina plays. And I think Mac just said that when he said teams are backing off of them and trying to make them play underneath and be more methodical. And I think that's where, too, that you can do that, but you also can get that running game going a little bit more. Uh, they have some good young backs that can run when given the opportunity, and I think if you lean into that running game a little bit more, it's going to open up those big play opportunities for it. It's going to take a little bit off of uh, Drake May's plate as far as him being responsible uh, for every drive, getting them to the end zone where he can get a little bit of help. So uh, I think what Mac Brown said is right on the money. And I think they just need to be more patient. But that goes for them as a staff as well. And I think he's probably talking a lot to himself and his offensive staff to say, hey, you know, yeah, we'd like to throw it deep and we'd like to score points and hang yards on people. But I think we need to be more patient. And I think you can't be any more patient than leaning more into the run game. You have to put the responsibility in large part for these losses on the offense, because even if you thought they were too reliant on Drake May, 20, no, 17 points against Georgia Tech isn't going to cut it. I mean, you would want to score more than 17 against a lot of these opponents. And then even against NC State, when you're going up against a fourth-string quarterback, sure, I understand that you might put a lot of that on the defense too, but North Carolina scoring 27 when you're given additional time, when you have the turnover that was real key at the end of this game where Drake May is under pressure, and then you have that turnover to set up another touchdown for NC State. So much of this, to me, is on the offense. If you look at North Carolina's defense, they gave up 30 to NC State, but again, additional time given up there. Only 21 to Georgia Tech, 34 to Wake Forest, but 28 to Virginia, 24 to Pittsburgh. They gave up 35 to Duke. It's not like they've been given up 40 every single time. They've held some of these opponents to under 30 points. Clemson's offense is not something that scares the daylights out of you. They've had a lot of struggles at the quarterback spot. It's what's led to this debate. Do you put Kate Klubnick in or do you go with DJU? How much do you think DJU can bounce back against this Carolina defense, Wes? And do you think that there's a real possibility they switch in-game to the other quarterback in Kate Klubnick? I think DJ is going to play in this game. This Carolina defense, like I said, they have shown that they can make the play or they can get turnovers sometimes and be opportunistic. But we know what they've been all year long. Quarterbacks have been able to do uh, what they need to do against them. We saw what Finley did uh, last week in that ball game. So I think DJU does uh, have a good game. Bo Collins is out. Um, so, you know, that's going to hurt them a little bit. And Clemson skill guys, to me, this game is an indictment on Clemson skill guys. Yeah. Uh, they need to come to the table this week. 
You're not playing against a great defense by any stretch of the imagination. These guys need to step up when I'm talking about E.J. Williams, Antonio Williams, uh, and the other guys because their best receiver, frankly, is Allen, the tight end. He's good. He's going to play on Sundays. He's a good player. But when we talk about a Clemson team, you don't normally bring up the tight end as being the best receiver that they have. Well, and it's funny, just real quickly before we move to break, Will Shipley, very touted coming into this season. And I think when we talk about wide receiver U for Clemson, having so many talented pass catchers, they've also had a lot of really good running backs over the years. Travis Etienne I was a stud immediately upon stepping on the football field for Clemson. You know, Wayne Gallman was very good from 2014 to 2016. You know, you can go to Andre Ellington, CJ Spiller, mm-hmm. James Davis, right? That's a little oh, bit whoa, further whoa, back. Whoa, 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 That's a little whoa, bit further whoa, back. Well, you don't. Wait a minute, now you just you just threw CJ Spill out there like he was, like he was just a guy. No, he was awesome. I'm I'm just naming the running backs right, that were great. I, I just thought said, you you just kind of lumped them in with everybody else. He was like this guy, this guy, CJ Spiller, and this guy. Whoa, whoa. No disrespect. The Southern Reggie Bush deserves his respect. I give CJ Spiller his respect. I just was mentioning the top rushers from Clemson <laughs> over the last two decades. Yeah. I'm sorry, CJ, if you took disrespect there. <laughs> Wes apparently did. I don't know. The Southern Reggie Bush gets his respect. The Southern Reggie Bush. He was the Southern Reggie Bush. Okay. All right. See, there we go. No, Let's oh, go. Let's look, get it. Reggie Bush is one of the best. Co- I do not want to argue about CJ. CJ when you look at that Bush take, right I always said that when go. he was at Clemson. When you watch his footage, the stuff that he did, he the moves and stuff, he was the Southern Reggie Bush. That's Dual fair. threat, receiving, rushing, kick returns, and the moves. CJ was shaking people up out there, too. Yeah, that that's fair. Go I, on the ACCD and pull up that, uh, that CJ Spiller. I don't have a strong take hey. on CJ. Like, that's cool. I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's why you said the man <laughs> Like he was just a regular back. I was just back. going down the list of talented running backs. Well, you, you can tell it's just a little sensitive with me with CJ. You, you can't say to, that man's name like that. Do you want me to bring in fireworks next time I mention nah, his name? No, but you just got to be like the fantastic CJ Spiller or something do like that. you want to bring some fanfare? Do you want to say? Yes. What, what do you want? You just need Fitty. to say the fantastic CJ Here, Spiller. Here's what we're going to do. Fiddy, can you please <laughs> go find some type of huge fanfare. We'll bring up CJ Spiller's name next time to finally give him some of the respect. All I'm saying is, especially I know you're going to say this now that Will Shipley does not belong in that category among the running backs. I just mentioned, especially CJ Spiller. No, not him or ETN. Not even close. ETN is an ACC goat. So is CJ Spiller. You could argue Travis ETN is the greatest running back in ACC history. You can have me all day. He got the numbers. He's got the production. He bought out in big games, playoff games, whatever you want. ETN was in the building putting up big numbers. So, no, Shipley does not belong in the building with them ability-wise or statistically. Yeah, Will Shipley, 21st on the all-time rushing list right now, but there's a long way to go. He he ain't catching ETN. Nobody's going to catch him. Yeah, ETN, a full 1,000 yards rushing. He's all-time rushing yards leader and rushing touchdown. How about 7.2 yards per carry? Maybe he's actually the Southern Reggie Bush. All right, let's go to the (laughs) Fitty Flash, the second one of the day. What you got, Fitty? Going to keep it in the college football ranks. So we're going to dive a little bit more into this deeper after the college football weekend does come to a close. Uh, But the transfer portal is already starting to heat up. Uh, Sources believe that Notre Dame quarterback Drew Pine will enter the portal. Uh, Boston College quarterback uh, Phil Dracovic, a guy who had NFL draft buzz entering the season, he's going to enter the portal. 
Uh, former Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara, he is in the portal. People believe he's going to land at Iowa um, very, very soon. And then some coaching news as well. A former Texas Longhorns head coach, Tom Herman, has taken over at FAU. And then Liberty is targeting Coastal Carolina uh, coach Jamie Chadwell, and there is interest on both sides. So a local group of five coach who's been named for bigger jobs could be on the move uh, during the coaching carousel. All right, that'll do it for your second Fitty Flash, some of the transfer portal and coaching updates in college football. Let's go to Willie P., voice of Charlotte FC. Joining us next, Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. making a big run. It's been for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des into the middle. Pull it back. Scores! Might have paid the price. God almighty. But the U.S. takes the lead. That's a great call by Fox, but I know somebody that could do it better. It's our next guest, Mr. Willie P. on the Body Works Plus guest hotline on the Wes and Walker show. Willie, you could totally make that a better call, right, if you were just on the call there? I will just say that, that John Strong is a fantastic broadcaster. That's all, right. all I'll say. No, I know what that means. Willie P needs that job going forward. It's the huh. Wilson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. That is the beautiful voice of Willie P you hear. And you can also catch him on Charlotte FC Broadcast, 92.7 FM WFNZ. Willie, I feel like this has been a pretty damn exciting World Cup so far, certainly with some upsets. We saw the craziness. We were watching that together yesterday in the fishbowl. How would you say this World Cup compares to some of the other ones we've seen in years past on as far as the excitement level goes. I don't want to be accused of recency bias here, Walker, but there are some who are saying that this has maybe the makings of being the best group stage ever in the history of this format because every group final basically has had some drama to it. There really hasn't been ever, uh, at least in this World Cup, uh, a group that hasn't gone completely unresolved by the time we get to the final day of competition, all these matches have had intrigue. They've all had late drama. Even think about this morning, you know, uh, South Korea getting a goal in the final 10 minutes of open play to deny an opportunity for Uruguay to go forth in the last 16 and get themselves through on their own merit. I mean, there's there's so many different storylines every day, and uh, we've got a, a couple of juicy ones here coming up at 2 o'clock because Brazil will have, obviously, center stage. Uh, coming up, and we'll see whether or not they get themselves through the last 16. Well, here you are talking about the group stage, and the U.S. actually advanced out of it to take on the Netherlands this weekend. I did want you to explain the importance of this team advancing out of the group stage, Willie. You know, what does that mean for U.S. soccer? So there are a lot of people who feel like just advancing out of the group stage and getting to, you know, what basically is called the knockout round and, and getting to that part, that's almost like, a separate accomplishment in itself. It's like you've made it almost kind of like the Sweet 16 is in the NCAA tournament. It almost feels like for some teams, that's when the tournament really begins. And I feel like the same can be said with these games here beginning tomorrow because they are basically, you know, one and done. You have the potential for penalty kicks being a part of it. There are no more draws. So it is a scenario for them that, I mean, it's only happened, I think, three of the times other, uh, elsewhere in their in their time in this tournament, in this competition. So 
at, at least for them, this is a massive accomplishment. And to go from where they were four years ago, not even making the entire tournament, to now being part of the last 16, it's a tremendous step forward for Greg Bolhalter and Team USA. Willie P, Pulisic, we know the injury that he had. He said that he is going to play come hell or high water. That's what he told his teammates. But do you think he's going to play? Because I feel like with that type of injury, I don't know if he's going to be ready. I'm sure he may give it a go. And how much of a chance do you give them if he does not play? Wes, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play, honestly, because I think that uh, he understands the importance of this moment, uh, and not just the importance of the moment, but also the importance of, of a potential building block forward for the team. Because think about this. If they get to the last eight on the precipice of hosting the World Cup in four years, they'd be looked at as a team that could maybe even be considered, I don't want to say a strong favorite, but among the favorites four years from now, if they get the kind of development out of their young players, that they do over the course of the next four years. I don't think he will. I think he will play. I really do. But if he doesn't play, it has to be because he's 100% just not able to go. He said yesterday that it doesn't hurt him to stand around. It's just certain movements that are, are kind of hard for him to do because of the pelvic move and the, and the pelvic contusion, if you will. Uh, but I feel like he's at least going to give it a go. He might not be able to go the full 90. I would say that maybe he's probably more likely. But their chances go down significantly if they if he cannot go because he's a player you have to man mark on the pitch. He's about as silky smooth on the ball as anybody that the U.S. has. And they just do not have a like-for-like like replacement for him. So if he cannot go tomorrow, I think that their chances are significantly uh, drastically uh, taken down if he can't make the uh, – can't make the start of tomorrow's contest. Now, if they are able to get through this round, how excited should we be about them? Do they have a chance if they have to play Argentina or Australia? I mean, I think they would hope for the Socceroos as opposed to Argentina because I don't know if you want to be staring Messi down on the other side of a pit. Uh, you're hoping maybe for an upset from uh, the land down under there. But, of course, that would mean that they'd obviously have some quality too to themselves. There are no easy games at this point. I know that we talked about you know earlier in this week them having a pretty favorable draw. It's not like the Netherlands are some slouches. They're a team that in the recent past has had a third-place finish in this tournament and has had a runner-up finish in this tournament mm. uh, in two of the last three World Cups. So it's not a scenario where you look at them and you say, oh, my gosh, you know, they have an easy matchup. There are no more easy matchups. I feel like every, every match is its own, its own narrative, and they are going to have to play their best game they've played in the tournament in order to get past the Netherlands. But to say you should be excited after a win, no, you should be excited. Now, because this is definitely something to be celebrated, and you have the ability to see them go to levels I don't think even it thought they could get to. Willie P, voice of Charlotte FC, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Willie, what did stand out in Tuesday's win over Iran? I think what I think has stood out in that contest, and I think over the course of this entire tournament, is the way that this team has started through their first 45 minutes. I feel like they played a very compact defense, and they also showed the ability to go long and go forward. I think Tim Weah has really come into his own, and you saw it in the game against Wales, and you even saw it as well in the game against Iran, you know, in the setup of the goal. I do feel like the one thing that is unfortunate, though, the way that this team has played is that the second halves have not had the kind of intensity that the first halves have had. So, in my opinion, the biggest obstacle right now for the United States is you've got to get two halves put together, and you've got to have them happen in the same contest. They've played three good halves of football and three so-so halves of football. The game against Iran, 
uh, they were having to defend and survive a lot longer than I feel like they felt like they would. And I feel like any time you have a situation with a team like that with, with Iran needing a victory to go through, you're going to have a team play desperate. And, and, and how the United States reacted to that was very, I think, disappointing for a lot of people, even though they were able to prevail on the result. In order to beat Netherlands, you're going to have to steal possession from them and enjoy possession. They possess the football about as much as any team does in this tournament. In the qualifying stages, they possessed it about 70% of the time compared to their opponents, which leaves very little opportunities for the United States to make things happen, which means the U.S. is going to have to turn into a counterattacking team. And they have the ability and the speed to do that, but I also feel like they are at their best when they have the ball are the United States. So they're going to have to beat the Netherlands at their own game and actually enjoy more of the possession than the Dutch will. All right, Willie, last, I mean, one of the times that we were sharing the airwaves together, I think we talked about a board of hatred that you had with a few different athletes and, and public figures being on that list. We now know that sure. Brand Bronico is not on that. In fact, if you had a board of people that you would be willing to sacrifice your man biscuits for besides just Brant Bronico, who would, uh, who else would be on that board? Man. That, that that board would be pretty slim. <laughs> I hope so, I, to be honest with you. I I, I, I I probably would do the same thing for Carol, because Carol's our DP. And okay. we, we love Carol Svidersky. Uh, I don't know if there are many more others, though, that, that, would, that you would, would put on that, uh, in that frame of mind. I don't, I don't really think there's anybody anybody else. Maybe LaMelo. That's probably about it. Okay, so we'll let you keep him. I don't know why we're trying to get rid of him so badly for you here on WFNZ. I was about to say, I, I, I might need those things. You know, 56 days from now, I'm getting married. I, I, I need those things. Okay, I won't take him anymore. I'm sorry for asking that question. We will let you keep him. It is Willie P., the voice of Charlotte FC, our very own here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Willie, thank you so much for stopping by once again, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dubs. The dubs. No doubt. The dubs. All, I like that. All sorts of dubs here on Wesson Walker. We'll be back with plenty more. The last hour to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.